In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum. This is The Conviction Project, a podcast where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. My name is Marij Rana. And I am Farhan Iqbal. Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Rabbi salli ala nabiyyika daiman Lihaadhi dunya wa basin saani So it's been a while since we have been able to sit down and talk to each other and record a podcast, uh, mostly because we have been, uh, we've both been away um, doing our own family uh, work-related things, uh, but I think we are now back uh, and, you know, able to um, respond to some emails, able to respond to some of your messages, and more uh, present in order to uh, bring this podcast to you. So uh, it feels good to be back for me. Uh, what do you think, Farhan? How's it like for you to be back? So it's great, uh, Alhamdulillah. Um, uh, as you were away in, uh, you know, enjoying yourself in Europe, <laughs> um, I, I was uh, committed with family. Uh, God has blessed me mm. recently with uh, twins. Um, Alhamdulillah, yes. now I have four kids, and it's uh-huh. fantastic. Uh, two two girls and two boys, and uh, yeah. it's so amazing. Uh, it's such a blessing, and I, it totally occupied my time, uh, and I could not mm-hmm. really find time for this. I did continue with a few things. Uh, I haven't actually sort of an announcement to make as well, which is that recently one of my books has been published. It's called The Quest mm-hmm. of a Curious Muslim. I wrote it with my mm-hmm. friend, uh, Sharukh uh, Rizwan Abid. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you are in who, Canada... Who is also a missionary. He's also mm-hmm. a missionary and imam. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. if you are in Canada, it should be available very soon at your nearest uh, Amadi bookstore. Uh, and if you mm-hmm. would like to co- get a copy, uh, reach out to me as well, and then uh, I can. S- if I will try to see uh, if I can get the copies to you. Um, it's a limited publication, so not yet on Amazon or any other uh, online publication yet. Um, that those plans mm-hmm. will come later. But in the meantime, uh, if you want to grab a copy, um, you know you can visit your local Amadi bookstore, and uh, it should be available very soon. So mm-hmm. that's the big project, big big news that I had, mm-hmm. and uh, also at mm-hmm. a personal level, I was so busy, so we have been really delayed yeah. in our podcast. But it's I, I, it's fantastic to be back, and uh, we're just mm-hmm. gonna hit the ground running, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I was thinking that we continue, you know, our conversation um, that's been kind of inspiring, brewing in our minds, um, you know, since coming up with, with different um, ex um publications or videos, um, specifically, you know, some of the work of Suhail Ahmed. Um, so we uh, were one thing that, you know, kind of was brewing in my mind was that if, you know, say tomorrow, um, you know, humanity or civilization goes through some sort of term, uh, some sort of disastrous event, um, 
you know, wipes off large part of humanity. And there is just a, you know, a couple of hundred people that have survived and they go and uh, they find a copy of the Quran. Will they be able to understand the Quran well enough that they can reestablish a society, a civilization, one that is based on just principles, one that is based on order, on law, um, one that is a spiritual community. Uh, I think that's a really big thing. Um, or, you know, alternatively, you know, the other hypothesis or the other scenario is, you know, we recently had the election campaign. Um, if there was a party that uh, strictly used the Holy Quran as a, as a platform, um, as a way to kind of, you know, come up with their political platform if they were true you know could they inspire the hearts of millions and you know win an election based on you know some of the principles of justice and uh, morality that's mentioned in the holy quran so kind of like you know those two ideas and Basically, getting to this idea that um, a lot of examethies bring up that uh, God um, is a is a poor communicator. Um, so their words, not mine. Um, that you know we wouldn't be able to establish a society uh, based on just the Holy Quran because the Quran is not clear enough. Or there's too open to interpretation. Um, it's not read. It's not like easily accessible. Things of that sort. So. I was wondering about that, if we could have a conversation about that, because how would we kind of respond to something of that sort? You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's very interesting that you bring this up. Uh, actually, uh, recently I've also come across a lot of uh, reading material and a lot of videos, uh, podcasts of um, ex-Amadis, uh, atheists uh, talking about religion. Um, and uh, it's been very interesting. So my 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 actually pri primary uh, area of study is is by the Bible and and Christian studies and Jewish studies and those kind of things. So uh, I have uh, recently explored these things more. And you know, a few episodes ago in our podcast, I would I wasn't as aware of them as I am now and of their arguments and everything. So both of us actually are, are on the same page that we have come across this mm -hmm. material recently. And mm -hmm. uh, this question, I, I find it very interesting, uh, that the, the question about communication. You know, when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to any piece of literature, any, any, any words on a screen even, uh, you, know, you, you know, 140 character tweets that we used to have, even those 140 characters are open to interpretation uh, because mm -hmm. there's one element that is missing when it comes to communication that is on paper or on, on, on the screen, which is body language. So what happens is that mm. uh, I, I, I read about this a few years ago that even, you know, uh, relationships that are, that are just trying to sustain themselves on uh, through email, you know, in those days, we, email was more common, but mm -hmm. nowadays we have social media and other ways of mm -hmm. communicating with each other. Long distance relationships, which are, which are just based on, 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 on just this written word as a form of communication, mm -hmm. they tend to have a greater likelihood of, uh, 
of falling apart. And, you know, uh, those kind of relationships are much harder to sustain as compared to relationships that are made in person. Right. So right. Um, so when it comes to these kind of, uh, you know, things that are just sit, stated on paper, they don't they lack that human element of communication, which is which is uh, body language. So if a person is, mm-hmm. you know, so take sarcasm, for instance, a person uh, sitting across from you might say something sarcastically and you can immediately catch it through their body language. Mm-hmm. But if the same thing right. is stated on a piece of paper or on or through a text message or WhatsApp message, mm-hmm. it would be a totally yeah. different. And, you know, we have emojis and all those things. And uh, right. Uh, yeah. 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 I was just just about to mention emojis because any emoji can be interpreted, you know, so many different ways. I can say the same sentence and use a different emoji and the context completely changes. Exactly. I mean, for sarcasm, if you just put in the right emoji at the end, the other person might be able Mm -hmm. to get, get it. But, you know, even this technology hasn't gone that far um, you know, they, they had an interesting uh, animated movie. I think it was called the Emoji Movie. I think my daughter watched it a number of times. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and so they, 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 there was that interesting element where, you know, the emojis that were there about 10 years ago and the emojis that are there now are very different. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and, and I, I know that Apple is working on it and they are, they are trying to, not that I'm trying to advertise for them, but they are, they are trying to work on even better emojis and trying to catch more uh, physical expressions. But it's very hard, right? I mean, it's, it's very limiting right. at the end of the day mm-hmm. the, with the technology that we have right now. Maybe in the future something will come up where our body language can totally be, you know, transferred digitally. But what I'm trying to get at is that any piece of text on a piece of paper lacks that. So it's not going to be perfectly interpreted, you know, quote unquote, interpreted. Uh, But even if there is body language, even then we sometimes catch the wrong signal and and take something sarcastically or a joke and the other person did not intend it. And then there's miscommunication, even when people are, are, are there in the same place, in the same room. So without trying to... You know, make this discussion too long. All I'm trying to say is that the, the communication is always open to interpretation. No matter who you are, no matter what text you're looking for, your mood on that day would would affect how you react to things. There was interesting. I think I mentioned it a long time ago in one of the podcasts that there was a study in Israel about you know people getting parole. So there was a higher chance of people getting parole, those who uh, were had their hearing after the parole officer had had lunch, <laughs> right? Interestingly. Mm-hmm. But if, if, the, if you're going in there just before it's time for lunch, you're less likely to get your case approved. And so, you know, your mood on that day would, would impact how you interpret things. So interpretation right. is always, always there. And mm-hmm. I would argue that if someone found a, a Quran, you know, a thousand years from now after the world has, there's an apocalypse or whatever, and there's a small world mm-hmm. population, they come across a, the Quran, they might understand some aspects of it, but they're not going to understand everything in it because mm-hmm. it would lose that context that is always there. Mm-hmm. The Quran makes right. references to historical events. 
And if you don't know mm-hmm. what those historical events are or historical persons, the mm-hmm. Quran mentions, mm-hmm. for instance, Jesus Christ so many times and Moses so many times. And if you don't know who these people are, you're not going to understand right. that message as well as it is intended to. Mm-hmm. And and I think you, you might not even... Um, like one of the things that come up for me often when thinking about this question is that there's often a certain level that you kind of have to get to to understand some of the things within Islam. Like even if we look at the um, the the history of how the Quran was revealed and the order in which it was revealed, you know, you like the Quran was revealed over. Correct me if I have the number incorrect, but thirty five years is that right? Twenty three years. Twenty three years. So it was revealed over twenty three years. Um, so this is not something that you can read over a summer holiday and think, okay, well now I think I have a pretty good grasp of what this is. You know, there's some elementary things that you kind of have to do, that you have kind of have to commit to until you can understand um, or appreciate to the full extent um, what the Quran is about. Um, kind of like, you know, a complicated kind of like calculus, you know, like you have to build up certain skills before you can appreciate or understand what calculus is all about. You know, it's uh, again, we're not trying to discourage uh, anyone from, you know, from the study of the Quran. The Quran is mm-hmm. uh, the Quran is uh, is understandable even for right. the person who is just going to pick it up today and have no context. Right. And they been, you yeah. know, like I said, even if they do not know Moses or they do not know Jesus, they would still get some message from the Quran. So the Quran right. is simple and complex at the same time. You have to understand what we're trying to mm-hmm. say. What we're trying to say yeah. is that the Quran is simple in its message, but there are, there are layers in the Quran. There, the, the, hadith, right. the hadith also mentions this, that every verse has seven uh, interpretations or seven layers. Um, there are hidden meanings. So if mm-hmm. a person is very scholarly and they know about the life and times of Moses and they know about Israelite history, you know, Israelite mm-hmm. history is, is, is more than a thousand years, you know, and, and, and it's up to Jesus. And then even after Jesus, mm-hmm. it's going on for so long. So... Uh, if you know all that, and if you know the history of Jesus, and you know all those things, you would have a scholarly understanding of the Quran. The more you know, mm-hmm. the better your understanding of the Holy, Holy Quran would be. But right. if the less you yeah. know, the more simplistic your understanding would be. You, it's not that you wouldn't understand it. You would still understand mm-hmm. it, but it would be a simplistic right. understanding. And so you have to understand right. the person who has a simplistic understanding has one interpretation, and the person who has a more complex mm-hmm. understanding is going to have another more complex interpretation. They may not contradict right. all the time, but, but you know, you, yeah. you get the point, right? Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I also think that if you have some sort of understanding of humans, human nature, human history, then, of course, your um, your understanding of the Quran changes. And I think that's something that we've talked about last time or in previous episodes as well, that um, 
you, depending on your political affiliation, your political ideology, because we live in such, you know, politically heavy times, um, based on that, certain things may stick out to you more so than other things that may not always have been the case or may not always be the case. Um, so just something to, I think, uh, to reflect on as well. Um I'm I'm also thinking about the other point of, you know, what if somebody tried to um you know open up the Quran now and, you know, build a a political party or build any sort of group and, you know, advertise it to the masses and say, Well, you know, do you accept these ideas um to be something that we can integrate into the world? Um, you know, Canadian elections just recently happened, you know, if there was like an Islamic uh, political party or an Islam, like a Holy Quran political party and they all their tenets of like you know how they want to operate around the world their vision for society views on morality justice all of that if they're all based on Islam and the holy teachings of the Holy Quran would they be able to win the hearts of everyone now, I'm not sure if this is, a, this is something that we want to talk about separately, or if this is something that we can open I, up today. I think I think just to just to just to uh, carry that thought, right? I mean, this yeah. is food for thought at the end of the day. Uh, what yeah, what yeah, what we what we're trying to say is that you know, if it could be a perfect platform and it could be the best thing mm-hmm. for everyone, but then the people who are reading it would 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 have different interpretations, right? Um, you know, we have we in our recent election we had climate change is an important is an important issue. Uh, how do you interpret uh, the data that is there about climate change? Uh, could be very different, right? Uh, you know, different people could have different interpretations of the same data, right? Um, right. We have, uh, other than this, you know, when it, when it comes to political platforms, people have those political opinions as well. But if you, you can take scientific studies uh, of different things and, and interpretation of that data could be different for different people. And again, a scientific person who has done his own research would have a far more complex understanding of the same data as compared to someone like me who was not so you know, accustomed to the, that kind of research, uh, who would have different kinds of interpretations. So interpretations mm-hmm. are always there. The moment someone writes something on a on their phone or on their computer or on a piece of paper, it is going to be interpreted differently by different people. So we're just trying to establish that right. point, that fact, that inter- interpretations are always there. It's a reality. Right. Um, you know, in fact... Um, during the time of uh, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, you know the Quraysh confronted him uh, the, by saying that those people who opposed him, they confronted him and uh, they started saying that we will not believe you until you cause streams to gush forth uh, in abundance, or you cause the heaven to fall upon us, or you bring Allah and the angels face to face with us and uh, or you 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 go up to heaven and this they actually said that they said mm-hmm. uh, sama, go up to heaven and um, uh, nakra'ahu. we will not believe in thy ascension until thou send down to us a book that we can read 
So this is in Surah Bani Israel, mm-hmm. chapter 17, if you want to check it out, verses 90 onwards, the whole conversation is there. So they actually mm-hmm. said, you know what? We don't want you to tell us what the Quran is or what God is saying to you. Go up to heaven, bring the book, bring it down to us, naqra'uhu, we will read it ourselves. So again, they were trying to take the context away from the Quran. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we ex- right. actually have a sect within Islam nowadays, which is, they're just called the Quranists, right? And their mm-hmm. idea yeah, is that, Quran. you know, forget about everything else, just focus on the Quran. But you know, mm-hmm. the Quran is a living book and it's, it, it's, 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 it's intricately linked with the Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And mm-hmm. we can, can I divorce that aspect from the Quran. The Quran came in a certain historical right. setting. Um, mm-hmm. It's important to know that setting, to know mm-hmm. what the Quran yeah. is saying. The time, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So right. we, we have talked about so, interpretation, in fact, in our, you know, we, we did that video and on gender equality, and we were trying to, tr- trying to place certain context to what the promised Messiah is saying. You know, sometimes right. uh, a person came to Prophet Muhammad and, and asked him, what is jihad? And he, he said, to serve your parents. You know, he said jihad is to serve your parents. Another person came and he said something else. Another person came and he said something else. Because he wanted to give that definition according to that person's circumstances instead of mm-hmm. just saying one black and white definition that is like, you know, uh, trying to take a, an iPhone and, and charger and then and, and putting it into an Android phone. And, you know, instead of, you need different right. things for different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, this is interesting, you know, kind of to wrap up this discussion, I'm thinking so much of, um, you know, current political times is about um, representation. It's about um, being able to have something that, you know, tailors to different people in different circumstances um, in different times. And I think that the Quran is a reflection of that. Um, rather than something, you know, which, you know, some people politically will find problematic, you know, because, you know, suppose you know, a study comes out, this happens in the scientific community often, um, the study comes out and the population that, you know, the study has been done is, you know, predominantly middle class uh, white families. And people will start creating an uproar that, oh, this doesn't represent, you know, black people, this doesn't represent brown people, this doesn't represent, you know, all sorts of people gender sexual orientations uh, race class everything they will they will lay out different um, kind of points as to oh this doesn't represent them this doesn't represent them this doesn't represent them it sounds like from what you're saying is that the Quran leaves that room for interpretation based on the person's you know based on the person's um, sexual orientations or gender their every single thing about them the Quran addresses so in a way it's all encompassing rather than saying well you know this is what it is and you know it's a hard thing then people can just actually look at the Quran and say yeah this actually doesn't speak to me because it doesn't apply this applies to you know a certain class of people and and I'm not part of that class, so therefore I'm not going to pay attention to it. But I think in what you're saying is that there's a universal sort of message that it's applicable to all different um, walks of life, so to speak. Right. The, the, the core message, the core message in the heart of the Quran is something that everyone uh, could, could take or could benefit from. Right. Uh, 
but lie lie la la right? right there's no god but Allah, yeah. right mm-hmm. and 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 so so everybody could take that core message and i i always go back to surah fatiha and uh, you know some some ex muslims have actually accused me of this but uh, but you know if you read surah fatiha like it's a very universal basic prayer nobody could really mm-hmm. object to that prayer it's it's very basic it's very it's very clear and then they would say oh look at what uh, the hadith says about this or what the promised messiah as mr ghulam ahmed alayhi salam has said about about sirat al-ladina namta alayhim and you know they would come up with different mm-hmm. quotations but you know that's right. not that's that's not to say that that, that those hadith and that uh, quotation of the promised messiah has limited the meaning of those words to just that the the promised messiah himself argues against this kind of thinking he himself talks about this especially in his book uh, the blessings of prayer which is in, available in english he talks about how the quran is is has so much interpretation it's it's a living book and in every age new interpretations would come up and would be understood from the quran based on new contexts and so right. when it comes to surah fatiha yeah there is that meaning which hadith has and which the promised messiah talks about in certain contexts but that doesn't mean that it limits that prayer to just that the prayer is very universal mm-hmm. is very open it's very uh, it's very broad it has multiple meanings and 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 so anybody could benefit from that prayer mm-hmm. without trying to right. you know reduce its meaning to something else right so you know i think this is a good end point to our discussion i think you know this is something that we can uh, continue on um and you know if anyone else has any other thoughts um uh, Ahmadi or ex-Ahmadi or whatever group or denomination you belong to, feel free to reach out to us at uh, theconvictionproject at gmail.com and we would be happy to, um, you know, answer any of your questions or use any of the uh, topics that you bring up for conversations. Um, so once again, this is The Conviction Project where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. Muhammad Muhammad Muhammadur Rasulullah 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah Salli ala nabiyyina Salli ala Muhammadin Salli ala Habibina Salli ala Muhammad